All right. Welcome back. Thank you very much for being here. Glad you're here. Uh, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad the trees are here. And today we're going to look at the third of the very important or, or classic and beloved um, protective suttas, Parita, Parita Sutta. So we went before previously uh, Ratna Sutta, Jewels or the Jewels Discourse, uh, which was when the town, Vishali, I believe, was in a terrible disaster condition and Gautama cleared out the negative entities and gave them some heavy teaching. Uh, the other two are Metta Sutta, which we did before, Mahametta or Metta, uh, loving kindness or uh, goodwill, whichever way you want to translate it. And the third is uh, Mangala or Mahamangala. Ma, uh, Maha means great, and Mangala is blessings or auspicious features or protection. Uh, and so today I want to uh, explain uh, just <laughs> briefly for an hour the Ma Mangala Sutta, which is the fourth sutta of the second chapter of Sutta Nipata. So in second chapter of Chulavaga, fourth sutta Mahamangala, many translations translated as blessings or protection, uh, and we'll use uh, Narada and Tanasaro's translation. Uh, his write-up, the real brief intro, brief detail is uh, an, an enumeration of the blessings or protections that result from leading a skillful life. That's upaya, and so. Uh, first, uh, to look in, what what is this about? The background is a general definition from Wisdom Lib, and then uh, after that, I want to go to the Bhikkhu Bodhi uh, PDF, and it turns out that he has PDFs on all of the suttas he spoke on. So not only did he give multiple lectures on multiple suttas. Uh, but he also prepared a PDF um, basic overview of each of those suttas that he commented on. Not all 71 of Sutta Nipata, but many. And these PDFs are really good. And um, he's, he did a great job. And so the, the PDF, I, PDF I just sent to you is called Two Mangala Outline. And the title is The Ground Plan of the Mangala Sutta with its 38 Blessings. And goes through the 12 uh, verses and gives the uh, a, gives his understanding of the main theme or topic of each verse of each of the 12 and I'll get to that um, after I read through wisdom lib uh, before we then read the two translations it may take two weeks uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi took six hours <laughs> to read the Mahamangala Sutta. Six hours, meaning six different talks on that uh, page of audio. So <laughs> it's worthy of six hours plus plus, and um, therefore my presentation in one or two hours will be introductory as always. Uh, <clears throat> from the Wisdom Lib page, general definition, then we'll go to the uh, Theravada section on that basic intro or, or kind of um, introduction presentation to the overview of the sutta before we go to Bhikkhu Bodhi, then we go to the translations. <clears throat> so, uh, general definition, Mangala Sutta is a discourse of Buddha on the, the subject of blessings. Right? Mangala. Also translated as good omen or auspices or good fortune. And uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi <laughs> translated his page, his PDF write-up, as um, uh, well, he wrote it as blessings, um, but it's actually on his page of the audio, Mahamangala Sutta's The Auspicious Performance. <laughs> now, that sounds like somebody's debut at Carnegie Hall, it really means um, uh, uh, the way of auspicious activity, or auspicious or protective 
activity, uh, protective action, a protective lifestyle, the way of living uh, <clears throat> that is that that is protective and brings blessing. Uh, what's good for what's in, in what's to our long-term welfare and benefit, and that is considered um, the. I mean that that's the heart of what Buddhism's all about. It's obviously not a religion worshiping a god. <clears throat> Gods are <laughs> considered very unimportant in Buddhism, actually, because um, they're still in samsara and still laboring under ignorance and uh, sitting in dukkha even though they're in higher dimensions. Uh, Buddhism, in many ways, essentially, is a teaching of um, uh, all that is essential that is to our long-term welfare and benefit. <clears throat> and so it's a self-help system. <laughs> and um, the basis of discernment in one sutta talking about cause and effect and karma the karmic basis of discernment, meaning people who have discernment or our discernment or the development of discernment, uh, Gautama associated with uh, consistently going to the wise and the worthy, uh, seeking to know what's in my long-term welfare and benefit. So discernment grows by seeking, by right seeking, meaning seeking <laughs> for something that is available or seeking in the place where it's available, seeking in a way and in a place where one may discover what one's seeking. Uh, seeking what? Seeking to know what's good and bad, right and wrong, better and worse, helpful, unhelpful, to my long-term welfare and benefit, not the opposite. Doing that consistently, um, right-seeking, it's not one of the Eightfold Path, but it's um, the basis of it. Uh, Right-seeking, uh, seeking in um, effective ways, um, in the places or in the uh, arenas in which we can find what we're seeking. Meaning, in this case, uh, going to teachers and teachings um, there in which there's Wisdom and virtue, wisdom and compassion, the wise and the worthy. They're worthy <clears throat> because they've disciplined themselves against harmlessness. They discipline themselves to be non to be non harmful. That's pretty amazing. And discipline themselves um, by wisdom. <laughs> they've been seeking. They themselves have been seeking. So seeking that. Um, addresses and um, targets those uh, those the guidance of those who themselves have been seeking <clears throat> seeking carefully prolonged way in the right way um, in a way that can lead to finding uh, what's uh, seeking to know what's um, best for me and so uh, <clears throat> the basis of discernment is that kind of focused in wise seeking and this sutta is critical because it presents basically 38 elements of right seeking and that leads to blessings or leads to protection and could be considered therefore uh, auspicious activity or auspicious performance <clears throat> and so uh, it all makes sense. And so the good fortune is that good fortune comes from um, wise activity, <laughs> from love, wisdom, or wise moral activity that is not harm harmful to self and other, and therefore is helpful to self and other, or not just not harmful, but also helpful. And so, going on, in this discourse, Buddha describes the blessings that are wholesome personal pursuits or attainments, identified in a progressive manner, from the mundane to the ultimate spiritual goal. In Sri Lanka, it's known as Mahamangala Sutta, considered part of the Mahapirita. Pirit is the Parita, the notion of protective suttas, and so there's Ratna and um, Metta <coughs> and Mangala. Uh, so it's actually in a couple of places in the Pali Canon. 
It's traditionally included in the books of protection, parita. Uh, and then higher up in the section on wisdom lib on Theravada, uh, preached at Jetawana. And when we look into the Narada Tara translation, you'll see some of the basis. Um, in fact, one of the reasons I chose that translation as the second is for the uh, nearly two dozen notes at the bottom of the Sutta translation, which are really quite useful. And there's one particularly about uh, Jetawana Grove, uh, so we can see more about that. You see it in many suttas. In fact, that's m many things happened there. <clears throat> so, preached at Jetavana Jetawana in answer to a question asked by a deva. So we see a lot of Gautama's teaching was in response to non-human beings. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, it takes a special kind of small mind to believe that the human beings are the only beings of intelligence and capacity uh, in the universe. But such is our collective currently. Uh, question asked by a deva as to which are the auspicious things, Mangalani, in the world. What's auspicious? And the devas had been talking about this, you say. The sutta describes 37 or 38 mangalani, meaning uh, blessings or protective ways of living, including such things as avoidance of fools, association with the wise, honoring those worthy of honor, meaning helping the people who are helping the world. The commentary explains that at the time the sutta was preached, there was, or had been at the before that, a great discussion over the whole of Jambudvipa, Jambudipa, it's Jambudvipa, regarding the constitution or the nature of Mangala or blessings. So the devas, <laughs> where are they? Their upper upper astral or beings in fourth and fifth density, probably fourth density group was taking a break from their party and uh, talking about what's really of a blessing to uh, to keep to bring the heart the party to a higher level uh, they were asking among each other the these this david group uh what's blessing and what's goodness and what's valuable and um what's helpful to our continued development the devas heard the discussion i don't know how the deva was um uh, anyway there was a group of devas i think in discussion they argued among themselves till the matter spread to the highest brahma world this is cute. Then it was that Saka, Sakya, uh, king of the gods, suggested that a deva putta, meaning uh, a young deva, uh, should visit. It, it, putta is son or daughter. I think it's a son, deva son. So Shari Putta is the son of Shari. Deva Putta, son of deva, of a deva. Uh, putra, Putra, Putta, uh, there's Sanskrit, there's Pali, there's male, there's female. So it gets a little complicated. Anyway, this Deva Putta should visit Buddha and ask him about it. <laughs> so, uh, this is the Mahamangala Sutta, one of the suttas at the preaching of which countless Devas were present and countless beings realized truth, or Dhamma. And so, <laughs> this is uh, another feature of real Buddhism, which is that at the earliest time when Gautama was uh, amongst us here, or among in this world, uh, lots of devas were involved in um, learning uh, uh, in, in some relation to the Sangha as well. Countless devas were present and they realized Dhamma or had some awakening or one of the four levels of achievement. <clears throat> um, <laughs> that's uh, very reasonable to me. Uh, it's a very big deal when a Buddha appears in a third density sphere or third density uh, civilization. Uh, so, going on, the sutta is often recited, forms one of the commonest of the paritas, so when you see Theravadan monks at some ceremony, it's very likely they're reciting in Pali, chanting one of these three suttas, uh, Mangala, Mahamangala, and Metta, and um, Ratna. <clears throat> uh, and then, to have it written down in a book is considered an act of great merit, and so uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi spent six hours talking, six talks on Mahamangala Sutta. So it's 
in certain ways the most important of the suttas, uh, just because, I mean, it's hard to say, but it, it enumerates these 37, 38 qualities, and that's really what's important. And so, they're, they're from Bhikkhu Bodhi's PDF, uh, prepared January 8, 2005, 15 years ago, uh, almost exactly 15 years ago, the ground plan of Mangala Sutta with its 38 blessings. He gives beautiful rundown. Um, so by the 12 verses, we've got a, the name, you know, the, the, the overview of what the verse is about, and then a little detail. So going from 1 to 12, we have first an opening inquiry. What is truly auspicious, truly a blessing, meaning what is a blessing? Then in verse 2, and what he calls orientation, cultivating conditions for discretion, meaning discernment. Discretion is not, I think, the right word there, but discernment. <laughs> discernment is so, so, so important. And it's a step above love. And so that's a real problem for um, us or people who are stuck in lower triad blockage. <clears throat> you can't really develop discernment well um, when there's heavy, uh, old, wounding, unhealed, complex, distorted notions of self, self-esteem, self-image, uh, various no-go zones and defense mechanism use, utilization like avoidance and projection and denial and splitting <laughs> and <clears throat> uh, all sorts of ways of avoiding uh, personal process or avoiding uh, confrontation with emotional pain and the truth, certain truths that the, the person doesn't like. Um, it's very difficult for that mind to move anywhere near discernment <clears throat> because it hasn't really even moved into green ray love or self-acceptance yet either. So uh, going to the wise and the worthy, <laughs> you say that to lots of people. Most people say um, what are you talking about? Uh, who I'm wise, or I don't know what's wise, man. You know, you can't trust the religionists. You can't trust the the scientists. Are they wise? The politicians? The who's wise? Nelson Mandela is wise. Uh, who's wise? You know, Bill Gates. He's a wise man. Who can we trust? <clears throat> or um, what do you mean? Some people are worthy and some people are unworthy, huh? You putting down some people? <laughs> so, meaning <clears throat> the notion that some people are more developed than others in wisdom and in virtue, and that those things are important. Uh, a lot of people can't even go beyond that door. Can't even get through the gate to even agree on the reality or the fact that, what seems to me a fact that, some people are wiser than others, some people are more virtuous than others. And therefore, they may know something that we don't know more than me. And maybe I don't know too much. And maybe I got a lot of distortion and confusion and misunderstanding. You can't even get bay on that door with most people, it seems. Or I, I think most people, they're, they're becoming uh, derationalized, uh, dehumanized, uh, demoralized. That's the game, baby. <clears throat> so that's going on and on and on and it's cumulative, and people get stuck in fear and stuck in uh, aggression and um, chip on the shoulder and hypercriticalness and skepticism, and then they throw out all sorts of mental processes like discernment and end up weakening future discernment. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, the basis of this whole thing is the uh, understanding that discretion or discernment is critical to the path. You can't develop anything if you don't know what's true. You don't know the difference between true and false or high and low or critical and unimportant. <laughs> it's impossible. <clears throat> so, anyway. <laughs> uh, verse 2 is the orientation, cultivating conditions for, I'd say, discernment. And you have three uh, features, three of this of the 38 blessings. One, not to associate with the foolish. Two, 
to associate with the wise or sources of wisdom. Uh, and so associate with the foolish means foolish people and a fruitless endeavor. I mean, a little is fine and you might get something from it. Watching, you know, Zoolander or Starsky and Hutch on the uh, Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller train or all sorts of things. I mean, there, there's, you know, I watch uh, NFL highlights comeback moments uh, the Steelers against the Rams or something uh, I get something from that <clears throat> but so I wouldn't call that association with folly so there's association with foolish people there's association with foolish activity however um, it's a little bit hard to say you know it's a little subtle what's foolish activity or what's fruitless activity sometimes it might two people watching the same activity for one it may be fruitless and for the other they may learn something so it's a little subtle to associate with the wise and that's also associate with uh, sources of truth sources of important truth <laughs> sources of important truth that are relevant to my current condition how about that then to venerate those worthy of veneration meaning to appreciate that some people know more than us and are more developed in love, wisdom, or morality and awareness than us. That there are beings beyond human, right? The next level up and levels. Uh, so, venerate those worthy of veneration. That's another matter, and I can see why Bhikkhu Bodhi took six hours because each one of these points could be um, expanded and elaborated. Um, they're really quite important third verse establishing secure foundations so first we have cultivating conditions for discernment which is starting at the beginning <laughs> how to even have the mind that knows that, that that knows how to seek fruitfully fruitful seeking the mind of fruitful seeking very rare <laughs> We'd, uh, uh, anyway Number three, uh, or verse three, establishing secure foundations, inner and outer requisites for success in life. Hey, hey. And um, it's a little similar to what I said in terms of people, place, and work. Um, the second, number four here, if you're looking at the PDF, is, wor is place, dwelling in a suitable locality, meaning uh, living in a place that is uh, suitable for you and fitting for you in what you wish and your work and path now. Then, merits done in the past, it's too late for that, <laughs> but the past has passed, and uh, it is certainly a good thing to have merits done in the past, yes indeedy, um, meaning uh, it leads to uh, help in crisis, it leads to periodic grace and um, various forms of help, and uh, it's helpful to have good karma, <laughs> for sure. And um, some people have, um, you see this commonly, right? Some people have this terrible accident and they walk away unscathed. That's commonly because there's been higher dimensional benevolent intervention assistance. That is merited. That is merited. It's merited. The person has karmic... Uh, karmic merit, good fortune, good good karma, enough or merit um, so that help is deserved karmically. But, of course, if the person does that five times in a row, most likely um, they've expired, they've, they've, um, uh, the meter has expired on that type of higher dimensional grace intervention uh, in the case of accident while the person actually made it happen. They made the accident. If they continue making accidents, if people continue doing, quote, stupid things, um, you'll find there is no helper there and the person will crash and burn. So merits done in the past uh, only go so far in the face of uh, decisions that are self-harming or harming the other in the present. Number six, or the sixth uh, blessing, to set oneself on the right course, right resolution. 
Um, very um, interesting point there, very subtle. <laughs> I can totally see why he did six hours here. Um, what is the right course? <laughs> uh, it may be uh, censured by everyone around you, but it is indeed the right course for you. Uh, and it also may be censured by somebody who you don't like or don't respect or who's a troublemaker, and yet they're right and you're wrong. <laughs> Meaning that troublesome person may in some cases figure out or be able to say, your course is harmful and I'm not perfect either. Yes, I've screwed up and I've made trouble and I've got all this pain and i got all this stuff, but I can see you're on the wrong course. And that may be correct. And we who see them rightly with their faults may not realize that indeed we're on the wrong course or a harmful course. Right means helpful. Wrong means harmful. That's it. <coughs> moral. Moral means helpful. Immoral means harmful. Sin is what harms, mm, you know, greatly. Great sin, great harm equals sin. That's a very clean way of looking at it without the moralisms um, that people seem to be upset about. <clears throat> I never <laughs> got that trouble myself. Um, uh, I didn't, I, I had cleared my um, mm, religious harm, harm, harmfulness karma before this lifetime. So I didn't have that. Have to work against that from parental um, manipulations or control of uh, religious view and behavior. But um, the right course um, is a big matter, and so that also is a, a product of right discernment or seeing clearly what's really helpful now. And it may not be helpful tomorrow, but it certainly can be helpful now. And it may be very helpful um, in a short measure, in small measure, while in great measure it's harmful. So difference of degree is a difference of kind. So uh, doing a little of something may be very helpful, and doing a lot more may be quite harmful. <clears throat> so the fourth verse called preparation so we have orientation which is very much about the basis of um, securing blessings then establishing secure foundations um, some basic uh, setup um, where where a person lives what their karmic uh, basis is from past lives and then um, deciding on a, on a way forward then <laughs> there's just preparations. There's further preparation. Training oneself for success in life. Hey, hey, that's a Bhikkhu Bodhi's write-up. Or self-training for development. 7, 8, 9, 10. 7 uh, of the 38. A well-rounded education. Good learning. And you can actually see, you, you could do a little brief karmic assessment. <laughs> you can see how this uh, won't go to six hours, but it definitely won't be finished today. Uh, <clears throat> even this, uh, I mean, what I'm saying is you can, to, to, one can do a little brief karmic self-assessment, karmic inventory, uh, to, to, to what degree, um, did I, have I had these blessings in my life? Uh, either coming in with them or without them or having actively developed them or not developed them during the life. So during this life to what degree does it seem that I have had available these blessings and to what degree does it seem I haven't had each or any of these blessings then to what degree did I um, make efforts and development in line with any one of these blessings and been moving in that direction or in harmony with this teaching. <clears throat> that gives one sense, one a sense also of past life activity. Like, uh, 
if um, if if my family is full of foolish people who are very harmful, what's that about? Uh, or they set me off on a harmful course. Why? Well, in general, meaning like uh, I got involved with my parents' cult when I was five, and then I only figured out when I was 20 that uh, they were all psychopaths. Uh, that kind of thing always is karmic, karmically based, of course. And um, where we have and don't have these blessings as what seems to be pre-programmed catalyst, meaning it was available, it was not available, it was provided, it was not provided, um, is one way one can get some insight on one's development in those areas in past lives whether I did or didn't like I had heavy uh, aggressive religious indoctrination or I didn't uh, or my parents were super cool and uh, into uh, Edgar Casey and uh, George uh, Adamski <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I grew up um, open to all those things and uh, moved into the raw material at 35 or something so this is kind of interesting dwelling in a suitable locality merits done in the past and then to set oneself on the right course that's the section of establishing foundations then we have preparations more preparation so training oneself for development I'd say well-rounded education uh, you know have it not have it learning a craft or profession <clears throat> learning something that you could use in life then code of discipline that has been well trained in for Buddhists that's Vinaya it's basically moral guidance did I have moral guidance did I not were my parents a total mess or were they quite kind and harmless I mean moral equals kind right people talk about love 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 well <laughs> that's moral and it's not per se or specifically religious but it's the best of all religions moral teachings so don't throw out the good with the bad throw out the bad and leave the good <laughs> don't throw out the teachings and don't throw out goodness and kindness when you don't like the word moral a lot of people don't like the word moral oh my god I mean I never thought this way 30 years ago what the hell are you talking about moral I just do my own thing. Fine. Um, and some of what one will do uh, probably is immoral or harmful. And one will pay. So, uh, <clears throat> code of discipline well-trained and well-spoken speech. And so these are considered preparations. Um, they're not only that, obviously. So there is some stretching he might have done <laughs> into putting these together. But he probably got this out of um, Abhidhamma somewhere, meaning somebody who did commentary on this sutta throughout the centuries um, divided it into 38 elements within 12 verses, and he titled them. Five and six, leading a virtuous life in the world. And so Buddhism is uh, quite keen on morality and virtue. And uh, the reality is that... Um, uh, goodness brings goodness and harm brings harm um, lying brings harm to self and other eventually all any kind of um, wrong speech wrong action um, brings harm eventually period and um, any harm we have we even could trace back to activity of speech and my thought word indeed that we did before that uh, are uh, some portion of the karmic roots of why I'm experiencing some trouble today. They're, it's related. It doesn't mean I'm bad, I'm bad. It just means that there are real causes, and the causes to today's trouble or problem mm, are some activity of thought, word, and deed, or our decisions and our activity in the past. It doesn't mean it's like my boss is a jerk, how did I, did I deserve this? Was I such a jerk? No, not necessarily. It's not necessarily that simple either. And so the reason you're, you, you have this boss who's a jerk is because you chose to work at this company 
where uh, your boss ends up being that person who's a jerk. Well, at a higher level, you can say that there that catalyst is <clears throat> um, of much more meaning than simply uh, I chose this company, so I ended up getting the boss, which is self-responsible self-responsibility. It's usually there's also a mirroring of aspects of self that need to be looked into, or development of virtuous qualities um, to handle or deal with such a negative influence, so things like that. But in general, um, we can trace trouble today to something uh, that we uh, made happen. Uh, as well as an opportunity for certain development that that needs greater attention. Uh, Even that is a preparation. And so we have these forms of um, preparation, then ways of leading a virtuous life in the world. And again, virtue is the basis of happiness, actually. Uh, Meanwhile, you know, it is flexible. Fulfilling family responsibilities, and this is for the the worldly person, or, you know, the, the family person. F- supporting mother and father, maintaining a wife or husband and children, and a harmless occupation. That's called right livelihood. So there's the family. Then the, he wrote, becoming a pillar of society. Um, hopefully not a pillar of salt. This is ton- this is a Bhikkhu Bodhi's write up. Becoming a pillar of society. These, these are basically um, four mangalas, four of the thirty-eight uh, associated with society and relationship, and uh, the individual to the group or the collective. So generosity, dutiful conduct, which means righteous conduct, which really means harmless conduct. Again, right action, helping relatives and friends, and then blameless actions, and that's really quite important. Personal ethics, a life of moral integrity. So back to moral all the time. So moral is the basis of uh, protection and blessing. That's the point. We don't... The the word moral seems a a little dusty and cobwebbed, but actually, and and tight-assed and... You know, has that smell of uh, sulfur and brimstone, perhaps. <clears throat> but <laughs> uh, the basis of mangala, or protection and blessing, is moral. It's morality. Hey, hey. And so the demoralization of humanity, right? Dr. Day and Bezmanov and uh, all sorts of uh, f- fellow co travelers, that demoralization agenda. Right, the dumbing down, the derationalization, the vaccines, the chemtrails, the fluoride, the GMO, the dot 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 dot, all that. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats and the uh, music, and uh, <clears throat> it goes on and on and on. Demoralization leads to uh, increasing vulnerability to harm. The ending of protection. Demoralization ends protection and blessing. Humanity is being manipulated into a karmic situation where it no longer deserves blessing and protection. It's a big deal. So humanity is being karmically maneuvered, maneuvered by belief to wrong action, wrong speech, uh, wrong view, uh, the end of um, green-blue morality. You know, morality is not a Christian matter. It's a green-blue indigo matter. The uh, diminution of green-blue indigo morality equals the karmic establishment of no more blessing and no more protection. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which equals bad fortune or harm deserved, karmically deserved harm on the inbound, a race that deserves its own enslavement. That's a real problem. It's being watched from upstairs, you know. So, personal ethics, uh, 
18 through 21, a life of moral integrity (laughs) that is worthy of blessings and protection and happiness. Ceasing from evil, abstaining from evil. Ceasing from evil means stop the wrong action or wrong speech already started. Abstaining from evil, evil, evil. Uh, Evil means uh, immoral equals harmful, equals distortion, equals lacking love wisdom. Abstaining from, ceasing from it means don't do what you've been doing. Abstaining from it, don't do what you could do that you haven't yet started. Abstention from intoxicating drink, abstention, abstain, abstemious, uh, from intoxicating drinks or self-harming by substance, diligence and wholesome practices. Um, don't, uh, don't forget <laughs> your helpful practices. Then, <clears throat> verses 8 and 9, developing a spiritual, he calls it developing spiritual life, cultivating inner virtues, which is, you see, there's overlap everywhere. But, but it is a nice thing to arrange the, the 38 mangala, 38 qualities or blessings or protections into um, associating with them with their verses. Because you'll see there are only 12 verses, but there are all sorts of nouns <laughs> and uh, description descriptors of uh, qualities of thought, word, and deed that are virtuous or bring blessing and protection. And so to list them all out like this is really quite helpful. Developing spiritual life, he says, develop, cultivating inner virtues. So reverence, which is really gratitude and appreciation. Humility, <laughs> knowing your place on the path. Contentment, uh, appreciating what you have. Hey, this ain't so bad, you know. Gratitude, um, which is um, more than contentment. It's sort of a delighting a bit in contentment. It's a, the, con- the delight of contentment. Contentment is, this is fine. I like it. I'm okay. I'm really not hungering, starving... Uh, salivating for something and gratitude is not only am I okay but actually this is kind of nice what it is now how I am how situations are now or how the situation is now timely hearing of the Dhamma patience (laughs) big one here being amenable to advice Mm -hmm. not too much in favor these days seeing renunciance that's very true And that's considered one of the bases for the success of Russia today is that they have now monastics again. They reopened the monasteries that were destroyed under godless communism and um, have flourishing Eastern Orthodox Christian monastics. That's very important. Not a little thing, metaphysically. Greece has it too, but it seems that um, their government is a sellout. So... Never underestimate uh, Earth human 3D repeaters' capacity to sell out their their communities. Seeing renunciates, and then finally, timely discussions on the Dhamma, which means um, having people around that you can talk deeply with about spiritual principles, whether it's Buddhism or any, doesn't really matter. Uh, <clears throat> then, 10, 11, 12, uh, 10. Uh, ascent towards realization. These are again Bhikkhu Bodhi's uh, characterizations. So ascending towards realization, moving towards realization, meaning <laughs> from Shila to Samadhi and Prajna, right? The three foundations Shila, Samadhi, Prajna, from virtue, morality, harmlessness, right speech, action, and livelihood to Samadhi or mental training or meditation and concentration leading to prajna or panya or wisdom or realization and insight practicing and attaining the world transcending dhamma dhamma chaka pavatana 31 austerity tapa um, which um, can be uh, you know light or heavy and um, it's um, uh, everyone's got to figure that out themselves how much austerity celibacy that's called brahmacharya um People have got to deal with their own sexuality somehow. <laughs> Seeing the noble truths, 
um, this is the four levels of attainment, and then realization of nirvana is the end of the four levels of attainment. The uh, periodic bursts is the uh, under 30 firework catharsis community uh, during Chinese New Year here. Verse 11, fulfillment, embodying world-transcending Dhamma in the world, meaning um, being a, a, a man of Dhamma, or man or woman, or being a, a, a person who really deeply <laughs> appreciates Buddha Dhamma Sangha and walks in the world with this understanding and appreciation, appreciation of this understanding of Buddha Dhamma, the fundaments, the essentials. And um, absolutely, don't, we don't need to talk about it, um, but we certainly need to demonstrate it. And it's really Buddha's formulation of universal truths. The path is not a Buddhist path. The path is um, teachings anent, as Bailey would say, anent, transformation of seven rays, transformation of mind, body, spirit. That's it. Uh, there are many ways to transform the seven rays, body, mind, spirit. There are certain principles um, that every right teaching would include, like <laughs> love, wisdom, and unity, or the right use of will, or um, the importance of balance, and the nature of healing. So, uh, the end of that whole thing is realization of nirvana, or the end of the octave, the end of reincarnation, the octave. Then, finally, uh, this section, fulfillment, as I said, embodying world-transcending Dhamma, a mind unshaken by changing worldly conditions, these are the eight worldly winds, a mind that is sorrowless, mm, it really is uh, freedom from dukkha, uh, a mind that is sorrowless. How about that? All one's sorrow has been healed by love and grief, grieving, uh, conscious, self-loving grieving. Catharsis. Allowing the catharsis of deep pain, grief, and loving oneself or comforting oneself and understanding oneself through the process. That, and not establishing new roots of pain which means right action. It just, you know, I just wondered, how could people keep... They, they must... It, it just... It, it astounds me that making a periodic gunpowder explosion every minute or two is satisfying to some minds. Um, I liked fireworks a lot when I was in high school, but it was because I was very angry and confused. Um... But to set off a, a firework every minute and a half that makes one or two bangs, and to do that for an a half an hour, an hour, I think I don't understand it. Maybe I have to go down and <laughs> stand with them, try to figure out what's going on. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, a mind unshaken by changing worldly conditions. Obviously, I don't have that yet. A mind that is sorrowless. Um, this is, again, a great achievement. And partly it comes from deep healing, and partly it comes um, with deep healing, with uh, prevention of making new trouble for self and other. Mind that is passionless and dust-free, and then a mind that is secure. How about that? Security. Mind, security, and safety. A safe mind. So somebody said, there are no safe places in these end times, but there are, there are no totally safe places, but there are safe people. Well, there's also, and the basis of a safe person is a safe mind. And that is a mind that really has finished with harm of self and other. And that's a very big deal. Conclusion, verse 12. There, these are victorious everywhere. They attain security everywhere. Meaning people who live this way. People who any people, any world in third density, um, where people follow these these forms of guidance and live in accord with this teaching, will attain security and will uh, achieve, achieve victory. Victory, in this sense, victory over uh, pain and confusion and um, the need for harm to come back as karmic return. Uh, victory over attachments and ignorance and um, 
on unhelpful patterns, we say. So now we have some white noise. Can somebody unmute, say hello, and remute? Is there any? Hello. Hello. Okay. Thank you very much. And that ended the white noise. So um, let me read the Ma Mangala Sutta translated by Narada Tara. <laughs> this is a beat you down with a long, long introduction, but I hope it was helpful. You know, if you want the, if you want great, I mean, eventually, um, um, high detail smooths out into um, deep and broad um, gnosis and or, or deep broad knowing and the details unimportant it's like uh, the quarterback uh, has studied a uh, hundred plays um, but in the end he knows which which plays to call based on circumstances on the field and the position of you know the, the uh, points on the scoreboard and the conditions of both teams and what starts out as effortful, highly detailed, complex, uh, multiple points for uh, consideration, memorization, collation, correlation, integration, and all that heavy lifting um, comes out as just deep and broad knowing and the ability to uh, to shine light wherever one looks and wherever one looks one can shine the light of understanding and uh, knowing um, knowing flows therefore or therefrom so okay <laughs> Mangala Sutta from Narada Tara Mahamangala blessings he translated it as blessings thus have I heard and he has many notes which I'll have to read at the end because I want to do something longer here. Thus have I heard. On one occasion, the exalted one, Katama, was dwelling at Anatta Pindika's monastery in Jetavana, Jetavana, Jetta's grove, near Savati. Now, when the night was far spent, a certain deity, Deva, whose surpassing splendor illuminated the entire Jetta grove, came to the presence of the exalted one and, drawing near, respectfully saluted him, and stood at one side. Standing thus, he addressed the exalted one in verse. Many deities and men, yearning after good, have pondered on blessings. Pray, tell me the greatest blessing. And then Gautama speaks. This is uh, like 2.30 in the morning, basically, at the Jetawana Grove 2,500 years ago. Uh... Gautama says, and I'll just read it all through, not to associate with the foolish, but to associate with the wise, and to honor those who are worthy of honor. This is the greatest blessing. To reside in a suitable locality, to have done meritorious actions in the past, past lives, and to set oneself in the right course in the present life. This is the greatest blessing. To have much learning, to be skillful in handicraft, well-trained in discipline, and to be of good speech. This is the greatest blessing. To support mother and father, to cherish wife and children, and to be engaged in peaceful occupation. This is the greatest blessing. To be generous in giving, to be righteous in conduct, to help one's relatives, and to be blameless in action. This is the greatest blessing. To loathe more evil and abstain from it. Loathe more evil means to loathe or hate doing more evil uh, and abstain from it. To refrain from intoxicants and to be steadfast in virtue. This is the greatest blessing. To be respectful, humble, contented, and grateful. And to listen to the Dharma on true, on due occasions. This is the greatest blessing. To be patient and obedient to associate with monks and to have religious discussions on due occasions. This is the greatest blessing. Self-restraint, a holy and chaste life, the perception of the noble truths and realization of Nibbana. This is the greatest blessing. 
So we're seeing now the regular person becomes the monk and the monk becomes um, the arahant. A mind unruffled by the vagaries of fortune, from sorrow freed, from defilements cleansed, from fear liberated. This is the greatest blessing. Those who are thus abide ever remain invincible, in happiness established. These are the greatest blessings. So he's a good translator and um, also very poetic. So, as basis, uh, note two, uh, we're talking about uh, Anatta Pindika, very famous character in many suttas. Literally, I'll just read through. He who gives alms to the helpless, meaning a benevolent, a, a generous, um, charitable person who gave a lot of money to those who needed help. His former name was Sudatta. After conversion to Buddhism, he sought the grove. He bought the grove. He bought the Jetavana grove, or he bought it's Jetavana. It means Jetta, Jetta's grove. That's the really name. It's not Jetavana grove. It's really Jetta's grove. He bought the grove belonging to the prince Jetta. Hey, hey. And established a monastery, which was subsequently named Jetavana. Means Jetta's grove. It was in this monastery that Buddha observed most of his vasana periods, the rainy seasons, three months retreat beginning with full moon of July. Many are the discourses, the suttas delivered, the suttas later, discourses delivered, and many are the incidents connected with the Buddha's life that happened at Jetavana during the rainy season. It was here that the Buddha ministered to the sick monk neglected by his companions, advising them, whoever monks would wait upon me, let him wait upon the sick. Sounds like Yeshua. It was here that the Buddha so poignantly taught the law of impermanence by asking the bereaved young, young woman, uh, Kisa Gotami, who brought her dead child to him, to fetch a grain of mustard seed from a home where there had been no bereavement. This was a, another sutta, very famous, a mother who was basically um, in tremendous pain and grief, uh, nearly hysterical or in hysterics, whose child died, <clears throat> which is probably about the worst thing that could happen to a, a mother, to fetch a grain of mustard seed from any home in the town would had not experienced the death of a loved one. And she went everywhere and found no house where they had not experienced the death of a, a loved one and learned something by that, which is the inevitability of death. And somehow that that uh, exercise, that that activity, led her to enlighten herself about the impermanence of death or the inevitability, the impermanence of life or in the inevitability of death, and her mind changed. Uh, <clears throat> and so, Mangala, he comments, means what's conducive to happiness and prosperity. And so you can see that uh, the root was really um, blessings or protection or what supports happiness. Then later somebody added prosperity. <laughs> That's important part of it, but it doesn't. It's not really material. So, uh, as we saw in that intro or the overview from Bikubodi, uh, we've got these different. Uh, blessings enumerated one by one and I explain it a bit uh, I don't think I need to do too much more uh, I think what we can do <coughs> uh, is oops more white noise somebody else can uh, say hello and uh, Remute, unmute, hello. 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 <laughs> the hello team. Thank you. It's so strange how that happens. Um, I think that what I want to do, I, I want to, I think I, I want to go back to this one next week and do two classes on uh, Mahamangala Sutta. Even though these are, are actually quite straightforward, um, for those who want the super detailed investigation, 
uh, it's worth going through them very slowly, very slowly, and um, just consider um, why Gautama chose these uh, virtues and ways of living, and how they really are foundational to well-being, whether a person is Buddhist or not, religious or not. Um, in a certain sense, mm, that transcends worldview. Um, a materialist would need any anybody who's a materialist um, would also need to develop certain of these qualities to have some well-being, even if they believe they're going to be annihilated at the end of the lifetime. Likewise, um, any happiness that we have and well-being, uh, the blessings that we feel we have in our life, or the auspicious qualities of our life or mind, right? There's the auspicious qualities of mind, auspicious beneficent qualities of life, right? The condition of a body, the condition of a mind, the condition of where we live, who we're with, what we're doing, how we are supported, you know, or not financially, um, or materially, you know, the, the quality of material support. Uh, wherever there is um, ample fulfilling fulfillment and satisfactory support, you can trace it back to morality and virtue. That's the point, is that these uh, 38 forms of mangala that are called blessings or protections are um, causes and effects. <laughs> They're causal to protection and well-being. They're resultant <clears throat> from a moral, harmless, right living, or uh, some degree of balance or love, wisdom, in thought, word, and deed. So they're resultant uh, karmic fruit, good karmic return, and they're karmic causal causal roots themselves as well. And why Gautama chose these rather than others is also important. Not that I can answer that fully, but we can next time take a look further at why were why why this thirty-eight <laughs> in this sequence uh, with these major categories. Uh, and again, uh, seeking blessing and protection and well-being tomorrow. I need to learn the ways of causing them today. And looking at my life today with its mix of blessing and challenge or happy sad or uh, opportunity and hardship, I can actually trace it back some degree to decisions made in this life and the pre-programmed catalyst that I brought that I came into in this life, like body and parents and uh, educational opportunities and certain setup conditions, uh, and then past life bases by which I or you pre-programmed the catalyst of those life foundational um, conditions, like body, <laughs> gender, family, brother, sister, parents, location, culture, educational opportunity, financial situation. Uh, those are the pretty basic ones, I think. Uh, we can look at where I am today <laughs> uh, with its mix of blessing and, and difficulty uh, and get some shed some light on how I was yesterday, not just the basic uh, pre-programmed catalyst or life setup, but what led to this setup of these pre-programmed forms of catalyst or conditions of my life, and then to also look to tomorrow, uh, the, what kind of roots am I setting today for tomorrow? Am I establishing the karmic conditions or the karmic causes today of karmic result conditions to ripen tomorrow? 
seen through the lens of blessing, no blessing, <laughs> virtue, no virtue, uh, right and good versus wrong and harmful. Um, that polarity, that lens of analysis. So, um, although this is a little free form, uh, I think we're going to end today's talk here. Uh, and next time, what I'm going to do is um, read through Tanisaro's translation of Mangala Sutta and refer back to Bhikkhu Bodhi's uh, summary and perhaps Narada's translation, which is quite quite well done, I think. And to spell out um, why these blessings um, or forms of auspicious activity and quality, why these are critical and how they're critical uh, in establishing the basis for the conditions we're experiencing today and then tomorrow. How the presence or absence or the quality with which we perform or um, live in harmony with these 38, the degree to which we're working with them or not, um, relating to the, the mix of happy, sad, or opportunity challenge today, as well as establishing the roots or causal seeds for tomorrow. That's a, a useful, interesting way of looking at it. So, with that said, that'll be it for today. So, thank you for being here. I hope it was helpful. Take good care of yourselves, and good night.